0: so sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite all lowercase on c-suite go to shopify.com slash c-suite all lowercase on c-suite to start selling online today shopify.com slash c-suite you are listening to the pgx for pharmacists podcast part of the pharmacy podcast network pharmacogenomics is the study of how genes affect a person's response to drugs. This revolutionary science combines pharmacology and genomics to develop effective, safe medications and doses that will be tailored to a person's genetic makeup there's no better healthcare provider position to leverage the analytical power of pharmacogenomics to provide more effective medication therapies and outcomes than a clinical pharmacist. And now, here's the host of the PGX for Pharmacists podcast, pharmacist, researcher, and national pharmacogenetics expert, Ken Sternfield.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network my name is Ken Sternfeld, and I am the host of PGX for Pharmacists. Welcome to the show. Um, I want to take the opportunity to introduce our listeners to a very, very exciting and distinguished guest that we have on today's show. His name is Robbie Ruppard, and he's the CEO and founder of ProGeneX. And I want to welcome Robbie to the show. Good morning, Robbie.
2: Hey, good morning, Ken. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, uh, Robbie and I hooked up uh, a while back as we were doing our research and uh, due diligence in the pharmacogenetic uh, category on how we as pharmacists could get involved. And quite honestly, when we uh, got to the point of talking to Robbie, we said, uh, we've uh, landed the mother load. We, uh, uh, we found a partner who we believe is perfectly aligned for pharmacists and the clinical applications and the data information that we get involved with as pharmacists from a clinical perspective to make an impact. So, Robbie, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got started and your associations with Georgia Tech, et cetera.
2: Sure. So, um, so Progenics uh, was founded about four years ago. I had prior, in a prior life, been... Uh, chief operating officer for a medical device firm based at Georgia Tech. And uh, we were an ATDC firm which is part of the Advanced Development Center. It's an incubator program there at Tech. And um I had I had left the device company and um and was really pondering my next move uh when I ran across the 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 science related to pharmacogenetics Testing, and I thought that it was quite interesting, and um, and decided that we would we'd start a company there that focused on that, um, and and so probably probably for the first year year and a half we we, we spent money and learned, and um and we uh, we learned a lot about pharmacogenetics, and we what we really learned was that there was a big need for say systemic uh, deployment um with respect to the testing uh, not just a, a doctor to doctor approach but to something that focused on the system because of the value not just in the short run but over a an individual's entire life of having this information available uh, when making prescribing decisions so it was that was our really our first step uh, that got us into the uh, the, the, the uh, pharmacogenetics testing business.
1: So you took a very deep dive into it a number of years ago, and and I guess the thing that impressed me most about your approach is the need for more data, uh, the need to gather the information and to have it be ongoing. This is not a, a, you know, even though it's a test you take once, but the changes that go on over the life of the patient mean for ongoing um, assessment and review, and your your Approach is really very unique in that in that regard.
2: So the data was everything, and and uh, being being uh, down there at Tech, everything is about is about data at Georgia Tech, and uh, and so we we understood that there was a lot of value there, and um, as we investigated uh, different uh, market areas, whether you were looking at ACOs or MCOs or or even just uh, private uh, practices we realized that 4 years ago that that there was a need for uh, more data more outcomes data and um and more uh, experiential data uh, sometimes it, which is just you know anecdotal and so um so after spending a lot of time looking at that we realized that the the opportunity at least to develop data and develop systems was really in long term care and um, and we were fortunate enough to uh, begin the the early stages of a development with uh, with with Far America, uh for a relationship to deploy uh, really as a differentiator for them uh, into their client facilities, and we learned a ton of, about what it takes to deploy. Uh, the product properly uh, to, uh, to clinicians because of this. And, 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 um, and today we, we, uh, we function in nearly 200 facilities uh, like that.
1: Well, it's nice to know of your alliance with PharMERICA because as pharmacists, we've seen, as we've investigated this category, there are a lot of, and I'll use this, uh, this word, you know, Objectively, a lot of PGX uh, peddlers out there, people who are putting the test into the marketplace, who really aren't firmly connected, um, as you have done, by making this test really something that lowers the uh, uh, cost uh, while also improving the quality of care in a very systemic fashion. So can you speak to the lack of education of, of the industry about the testing process out there and who's doing it?
2: so i i uh, had to chuckle when you used the word test peddler because it's it's one that we use um oftentimes we'd see where some company had had come through and and tested first thing every patient in the facility uh in a nursing home and uh, you know these reports in paper form are 15 20 pages long and uh, so so we just imagine the, the horror on the doctor's face uh, when there's a stack of, say, 80 to 100 test uh, reports that are all 15 pages each, and now they feel like that they needed to react to that. Uh, it's terrifying because, they, you know, there's, there's there are concerns about risk, and if there's information there that they need to know, uh, very important, then they're going to have to spend a lot of time going through that, which this was a negative for a doctor.
1: So you would say that the lack of education at the clinician level was also an area that you um, addressed by offering them solutions that would probably reduce time, uh, give them the opportunity to make actionable, um, you know, do actionable changes in medication by really adapting to their lifestyle as clinicians.
2: That's the most important thing. I mean, we we learned that if if you were going to successfully deploy anything in healthcare, I mean, first thing somebody else needs to pay for it. Uh, there's there's rarely any money around for anything. Uh, it needs to take a very small amount of time. In fact, it ought to give time back to the clinician in one way or the other, and um, and then uh, you want to make sure that uh, that that there's real clinical relevance uh, to the use of the outcomes. Uh, and we can talk later about about how that happens, but and and then then physicians, you know, if they're going to invest some time in it, there there needs to be some improvement in clinical revenues, and and we've learned how to support them in that as well, and so so taking them to the genetic data uh, and describing really uh, something that we call context instead of content uh, becomes very, very important in that education process.
1: And, you know, when you talk about risk management, uh, it really is so important, not just obvious clinical application, but there are liability as- aspects to, uh, uh, to having this test out there. And if the physician knew about it and didn't use it, you know, and sadly we live in a litigious society. So we are addressing a number of needs for the physicians by raising this awareness through education, communicating to them. To me, healthcare is about communication and delivering their message, educating them so that they can then give them the power, empower them to do what we know in our heart is the right thing to do in the first place.
2: So, so that's a, that's a great point because Uh, The facilitation of communication between caregivers is a powerful, powerful thing. Uh, Today, we see, particularly in long-term care, that largely the consultant pharmacist and the nursing staff and the doctor all tend to operate in their own bubbles. Uh, Everyone has a job. These are production environments. And, um, And so people set about doing their jobs. But if you if you have something that facilitates more communication, then your then your risk management starts to actually work. And one of the things that, that we realized was and, and coming out of the medical device field, we understood the difference between, say, a diagnostic tool and a clinical decision support tool. And pharmacogenetics is clearly a, a clinical decision support tool. So so that Having that information, the doctor still has control over whether or not they're going to make a change uh, in the in the, the medication regimen of a patient. In fact, uh, if if one of the challenges that we saw early on uh, was that doctors would say to us, "Okay, you gave me some really cool information. What do I do with it?" and if the only answer that you have is, well, you need to change the medication, then you're dead in the water. And the reason is is because there are a whole lot of other factors that have to be evaluated, and that's why they're a doctor. They've been to school for this stuff, and they understand that. So maybe we don't change the medication. Maybe we adjust dosage. Or more importantly, maybe we take that information and we go back over to nursing staff and talk to nursing staff about potential things that need to be uh, uh, watched. So I'll give you a great example of this. So, so in the pharmacogenetics business, everybody can talk about the, the, uh, the Plavix patient who was not properly uh, metabolizing to an active form or maybe a pain management uh, solution and, and it solved all the world's problems. But in, in long-term care and, and even in the uh, geriatric uh, environment, we see a lot of patients taking statin statins are problematic at times they're they're uh, sometimes you could argue that they're largely ineffective they produce a lot of side effects and those side effects all kind of work around you know myopathy and so uh, so so you could say okay well all right so myopathy is a risk there well yeah but myopathy presents itself as a weakening of skeletal muscles. so we can go back to the nursing staff and say hey look We've got these six or seven patients here that are very, very, very high uh, potential for increased myopathy symptoms, which means their fall risk is higher. And so when we start talking about context versus content, the content is, is the myopathy risk is higher, but how do you use it? And so then you take this information and package it up in a way that actually the whole care team can use it to improve outcomes, reduce risk make things better for
1: patients. Robbie. you're talking about something and you're touching on something that just gets me crazy when I think about the perception of a pharmacist in healthcare. Um, A lot of our listeners drive to work and listen to this podcast or all the podcasts on the network, so I won't ask them to raise their hand because it'll take it off the wheel as they're driving. But how many pharmacists, when they call a physician for a prior authorization to the doctor, say, just give them what's covered? I can't tell you how many times that's happened, and I wanted to jump through the phone and strangle them, of course, working for certain organizations. If you did that, they'd probably fire you before they said anything bad about the uh, the physician. But the point about intersecting that pharmacist into the care team, what I love about your model is the collaborative hub and spoke of communicating with hair, with caregivers. You put the pharmacist at the hub. We're not at the bottom of the barrel, not as a provider, someone who's just counting pills. We're someone who's critically important to the risk management and the analysis of this information that comes from this test. So we're not just dispensing, we're reviewing, assessing, using the clinical knowledge that we learned in school in the most important aspect, I believe, of pharmacy, which is lowering risk of adverse drug reactions saving lives and lowering the cost of healthcare. So just kudos to you. I mean I can't tell you how how wonderful it is that our team at RXVIP concierge has decided to partner with you on a nationwide basis to make a difference in patient care.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I, our our first medical director who is a former special forces doctor, he all he did was talk about content versus context, and I'll be yeah. honest with you, for the first couple of years, we looked at him and said, what the heck is he talking about? But then as we began to really work in this, in this, uh, in this market segment, we realized how valuable that was, and, um, and it, is, it is our primary focus to deliver context, and the, the, the pharmacist has to be the hub. Uh, because you've got you've got hands-on uh, all all day long uh, experience with with high-risk medications, and then we see in our you know if the the number of people taking five or more medications in the United States has tripled in the last ten years, uh, we, we we have a serious problem with polypharmacy. There are uh, genetic uh, impacts that can uh, have an impact on that, and then one of the things that that we also wanted to do we wanted to take away that that 15 pages of reports it needs to be available it needs to be charted but the doctor is looking for what do i need to know and how can i find it and what do i do about it and so we have a, a technology partner that is just absolutely fantastic that worked with us to uh, to develop our technology tools that that condense that fifteen-page report uh, sometimes into a single red flag, and the uh, the caregiver or provider, whether it's a doctor, or a nurse practitioner, or a physician's as- assistant, or the consulting pharmacist in the facility, or or the pharmacist in the um, in the retail location, uh, can look in there, take a quick peek, and see whether or not we have a problem. And the one thing that we ended up doing that was the real game changer with respect to Pharmamerica is that today Progenix has a real-time data feed between the the Pharma-Rica, uh, pharmacy their their industrial pharmacies and Progenix in the client facility so, as you mentioned earlier, this isn't just a one-time, one-and-done test. Yes, we do evaluate what they're taking right now, but what's really important and has been demonstrated uh, by numerous white papers is the value of, of actually preemptive use of this data to prescribe medication. Well, suggests that uh, six or $700 a year in, in medication savings by itself.
1: With those facilities that you're, you're working with, uh, um, how many, approximately how many patient lives are you impacting with this real time data that clinicians can make actionable changes in medication on?
2: So, I think the number of patients that actually we have a data feed on is about twenty six thousand now you like I mentioned before we don't believe in testing everybody in the facility we think that that's uh, volume driven uh, we have specific algorithms that are constantly evaluating those individuals and as They have medications that cross up with, uh, uh, statistical relevance, uh, for high risk and potential problems. Uh, so we have a scale that we use for that. Or, uh, if they just match up with, you know, X number of high risk medications, then that kind of flags them for testing. So, you know, it's interesting. We've got about 26,000 patients we watch. We probably have seven or 8,000 that we actually run the pharmacogenetic data on. And then, um, I don't know, we've... Uh, uh, we, we probably collect a million, four million, five data points a month on, on pharmacy and the geriatric space for long term
1: care. You know, when you talked about your technology partner, and I believe technology, of course, is a needed component and supports everything that there is in healthcare. But it's still about the people. Um, you know, and it's about that clinician who has the opportunity to use that technology, access it and then act on it. Uh, you created a, a portal you know, a ProGenX portal that a pharmacist, instead of driving um, X number of hours to do a 10-hour shift, could actually be involved in the clinical assessment through a online portal. Can you speak a little bit about how um, those pharmacists would be able to be involved uh, down the road in this kind of initiative?
2: So, uh, a pharmacist, Uh, For example, and I'll I'll just use uh, our PharmaRica relationship because it's a great example. So they have consultant pharmacists who who visit facilities once a month, and um, yet uh, new medications are prescribed every week. And so we have a, a notification system. So let, let's say, for example, we have a patient that's a, a poor metabolizer of 2C19 and, and they are actually prescribed Plavix for one reason or another, maybe a, a new DVT diagnosis or something like that. If that happens, that actually creates an alarm in our system, an alert in our system. And that alert is pushed out to the pharmacist and the pharmacist, no matter where they are, uh, is able... Uh, to access a HIPAA- compliant, cloud-based uh, portal to to see what that alert is, and then interface with whatever consulting software that they use to send an alert to the physician. And at the same time, the Progenics clinical team, is notifying physicians, uh, if there's a, if there's a big problem that needs to be reacted to, uh, in the nursing home, the director of nursing, assistant director of nursing, both of them are notified. Let's watch for side effects of certain things and a variety of other things. So really what it, then it does is create a, a a one of a kind, really real time alarm system that the farm, that the pharmacist has access to without driving to the facility.
1: That's great. You know, you're a recognized leader, your company in the long-term care area because of these uh, risk management solutions that you've incorporated. And we are going to look to grow that with you because we have some contacts in those areas as well. But we'd also like to expand what you do to make it more universal effectively for more pharmacists to get involved and utilize the great tools you have. So, you know, our concierge approach to pharmacy, which is kind of taking a day off from retail and and acting like a provider and providing these services, is something that Jason Cavallino, the president of RX VIP, has been working with you on to develop a strategy nationwide where we can deliver the great tools, the great resources, and the ability for a pharmacist to practice at the height of his or her uh, license in a more effective manner, and and we're. We're interested in growing into more ambulatory care, other hospitals, other areas, and and we're fortunate enough that you're you're actively looking to work with us on that. And all the pharmacists who are listening in.
2: Well, and the what one of the ways that you do that today, you know, as as healthcare has made a, a transition from. Volume based healthcare to value based healthcare, we're seeing lots of, of new value based models. So we see the ACOs, the MCOs, integrated delivery networks. And today, you know, one of, one of our goals is that, is that we, we need to make the cost of this testing uh, the, the lowest possible number that we can do because then we can begin to cover more and more people uh, at a lower cost. And there are a number of different uh, outcomes improvement and cost saving strategies that using this information across large patient populations. And that's, that's probably why our data, uh, the amount of data that we collect today, is so valuable. Uh, because we, we have learned, we understand where our opportunities to reduce antidepressant and antipsychotic. Uh, type of uh, medications uh, and get on to ones that actually work, there are lots of problems with SSRIs. We find ways to to, uh, to provide physicians actually with the tool that they need to even convince their patient that they don 't need this medication, for example uh, and and so taking that type of whole uh, holistic approach and systemic approach to ACOs and MCOs, inter- integrated delivery networks, and, and going to them and showing them that there's ways to integrate this information, focus back to the pharmacist so that the pharmacist uh, is, is once again recognized as a valuable member of the whole care team. Uh, then, then, you know, and then even marrying our data up to proper formularies will give us an opportunity to cut costs, deliver better outcomes. And do it, and do it in a way that that works for everyone, uh, without uh, creating a whole bunch of log jams in a number of places.
1: Absolutely, and the other thing that Jason uncovered in his dialogue with you is the chronic conditions that so many Americans on Medicare suffer with, and the cost factors for chronic care management. Medicare has invested a tremendous amount of money into that program, which is an indirect. Um, non-face-to-face model where a pharmacist can be involved and a pharmacy team can be involved as well because that segment of the population really is taking the largest amount of medications. And if we can improve the patient response in that area, we can certainly lower the cost of health care and also be compensated for the services that we deliver. So um, I think the, the the combination of what you've delivered and the fact that we feel that the pharmacist can be that provider, and that's a word that we really look for because we are providers when we do this, really makes the opportunity for pharmacists special uh, by looking at the ProGeneX model. So um, I want to thank you, Robbie, for the time. I know Sundays we're recording this on Sunday. It'll be broadcast, uh, you know, anytime that anybody listens, but you're a golfer and you probably might have taken some time more from teeing up. So I want you to thank <laughs> I wanted to thank you very, very it's much. It's
2: raining pretty hard here today, so we're skipping the golf, but I think my honeydew list is pretty big.
1: I, well, I, I have one as well, and I really want to thank you. And please, 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 that's three pleases, uh, be, a, be a regular um, visitor to our show because I know the response to our listeners on this show will be extraordinary. I'm going to include an article that you sent over just before the show um, that is going to be uh, – posted on For America that they listed about uh, helping improve quality of care and reducing costs at the same time. I think it speaks towards a number of the things that you're talking about, and I think our listeners would would be uh, very much interested in seeing that. Please feel free to forward any other information on your company and your vision to us, and we'll be happy to uh, expand on it as well.
2: Thank you so much, and uh, Ken, you guys are doing a great job. And uh, one thing I'll say is, it's clear to us that that your heart's in the right place. And um, and in healthcare, uh, you don't get a whole lot of rewards. Uh, so uh, so if your heart's not in it, you can't be in it. We find that in long term care, we appreciate you guys and and uh, really what you're doing, and 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 we'll be glad to be uh, a, a regular guest as you'd like.
1: Thank you. Well, I had a little red heart on my lab coat when I worked for a major retailer, but I, I really appreciate that comment because all of our team members really are uh, compassionate and passionate about this vision of, uh, of uh, what we do. So thank you for those kind words, Robbie. I truly appreciate it. Thank you all our listeners. I wanted to uh, thank you for taking the time as well to listen to PGX uh, for Pharmacists on the Pharmacy Podcast Network uh, at pgx4rx. Please send us questions, comments, anything you want we're here to serve. Uh, Have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time.